Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 to verse 34. That's on page 971 if you have a church Bible. That's all right. That is a bit low, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. That's fine. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about life, about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Now, the first part of uh, today's sermon, we're going to go in three parts today because uh, it lends itself to that. We're going to begin, first of all, by thinking of addition. We're going to think of the places, the things that we can't actually add to. Sometimes you just can't add to certain things. Now the first thing I'm thinking of is infinity. Do you know what infinity is? Infinity, yeah? Ah, no it's not, yes? That's exactly right, Tom. Infinity is something that stretches out both ways. It goes so far that way, it has no end. And it has, that way, it, it has no end. So big, so small, you can't begin but you can't end where infinity is. It's just so huge that you can't imagine how big infinity is. And so, if somebody says to you, all right, um, I love Mandy Jones, and somebody else says, oh, I love Mandy Jones times two, and you say, no, I love Mandy Jones times ten. You say, no, I love Mandy Jones. This is getting a bit weird, isn't it? I love Mandy Jones times 50. And somebody says, no, I love Mandy Jones times infinity. Oh, well, I love Mandy Jones infinity plus one. <laughs> Got there in the end. <laughs> it took a long time, didn't it? You can't say infinity plus one because infinity has no end. It's so huge. Mandy Jones must be a special girl, mustn't she? It's so big, you can't get to the end of it. And so we learn from that that we cannot add to one particular person. Who am I thinking of? Can you think of? Who can't we add to? Can you think of? Yeah, who's that? 
Oh, you're very, very good, very good. We can't add to the Lord Jesus because he's so big, there's nothing that we can add to him. Do you think if we did certain things to him, he might love us a bit more? No, because he loves us as much as he can. Do you think if the Lord Jesus did certain things, he'd get a bit stronger? No, because he's as strong as he possibly, anybody, more than that, anyone could be. Do you think over a period of time he might know a bit more? No, because he knows everything. You see, you can't add to God. You can't add to the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. There's one thing that we can say we can't add to. And Moses said this in Deuteronomy. He said this, Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. There's something else we can't add to. We shouldn't try and take away from either. God's law. God has said, I want you to do this and I want you not to do this. And we shouldn't try and add to that either. And people have done. People have done. And God has said, you must do this. And so they say, oh well, you know, we've got to do it, but we've got to do it in this way as well. And when we do it, we've got to have tassels. And maybe a pink skirt. People add to the things that God has said. One thing that God has said is, I want, I command men everywhere to repent of their sin. They should turn away from their sin. And what do people say? Well, yes, you've got to repent of your sin, but you've also got to put a lot of money in the offering. Is that right? Well, yes, you do have to put a lot of money in the offering, but that doesn't actually save you from your sin. And uh, the Lord has told us to do lots of things. We don't add to what God has said. Paul, in the New Testament, not from the Old Testament with Moses, but in the New Testament, he was criticised by some of the people in Galatia. They said that Paul hadn't got the gospel quite right. They said, well, you know, he's not really saying the right thing. And, uh, well, Paul went to the other apostles and he said, what to the, the other apostles, what did they say? And he told them in Galatians 2, 6, as for those who seem to be important, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearance. These men added nothing to my message. So we can't add anything to God. We can't add anything to his law, the things that he tells us to do or not to do. And we can't add anything to his good news. Good news of salvation. Good news of redemption. Good news of justification. We can't add anything to that because that's all settled. There's another verse that says that we can't add anything, something else as well. Let's all pull our worried face. Can you do that? Can you pull a worried face? Can you do that? Oh, you've got a great worried face. Come up here, come and show everybody your worried face. That's a great worried face. Show everybody what you look like when you're worried. Look. <laughs> That's a great worry face. Well done. Well done. So we're doing a worried face. You're not supposed to laugh when you're worried. A worried face. Do you know it says in the Bible, what we had read so nicely to us just a minute ago, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? How ridiculous. Isn't that daft? Do you know what they say? One of the major causes... Oh, no. no. <laughs> 
There I, I step into the realm of the expert now. <laughs> Pretend you're not here. One of the, one of the major causes of, of, um, of illness can be stress and anxiety and worry. And so if you worry, <laughs> do you think you're going to make yourself live longer? No. So why do we worry then? Why do we? Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? But we do it. And we try all kinds of different things. And we try and add. We add to God. We try and make him the kind of God that we want. And we add to his law and say, well, you know, I think we actually it means this. We add to the gospel. Yeah, I think I need to do this as well. And Well, we've got to leave certain things. We're not going to add to the Lord or his word. And we're certainly not going to add days to our lives. Right, well, we're going to come back and we're going to learn some more about um, when the Lord does add. The Lord does add. Well, that's going to be a bit later. We're first of all going to have our notices. Witness the welcome return of Carol Butler, our church secretary. <laughs> I'll go away more often. <laughs> yes, we do welcome. Uh, our next reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 36 uh, to verse 47. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 36 to 47. And uh, this is the day of Pentecost, and uh, the Holy Spirit has fallen, and uh, people speaking in tongues, and the sound of a, a rushing wind, and uh, tongues of fire resting upon people's heads. People don't know what's going on. Never seen anything like this before. So Peter stands up and he addresses the crowd. It's nine o'clock in the morning. He tells them these people aren't drunk. It's so early in the day. This is a fulfillment of the prophecy from the book of Joel in the Old Testament. And uh, he goes on and tells them about the Lord Jesus, that this all hinges upon what the Lord Jesus has done for them. And they are the ones who have killed him. And this is what goes on. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, we thank the Lord for his word. Now, we're thinking about addition. We thought about some things that we can't add to. Can anybody tell me what things can't we add to? Can't add to God. We can't add to yeah, his commandments. We can't add to his 
think of anything? His, yeah? His message. And what else can't we add? Or should we go, <laughs> what can't we add? Yeah? We can't add to the Lord Jesus and we can't add a single day to our life by worrying about it. But I think you can add, so we're going to try that. Okay, what's that? One. You are a little bit quiet today. So if I say what's that, then you have to say together. What's that? One. One, all right. And what is that? Two. All right, what is one plus two? Three. Three. What is two plus one? What is one plus two upside down? Very good. Very good. What is this? Five. What's this? What is five plus three? Very good. What's this? What's this? What's two plus three? Okay. What's... It's the excitement of the moment. What's that? Four. What's this? One. What's four plus one? Five. Very good, aren't you? You're very good. All right. Now, we're not actually going to do division today. But what, I, what would I get if I divided two by one? Very good. All right, now, you can do addition. You can work that out. And uh, there's certainly scope for the Lord to do addition as well. You know, there's certain things that we can't add to, but there's things that the Lord does. There's the things that we can as well. Proverbs 9, verse 9 says, Instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Isn't that good? Is anybody wise here today? Sorry, uh, I think... I think it's only, don't know, it's Bill and Gordon who have beards. We have two wise men here today. Uh, but it says here about them, uh, instruct a wise man and he'll grow wiser still. And uh, maybe that applies for us as well. So if we're the smallest one, if we are wise, if we try and use our heads as much as we can, if we listen, then we'll actually learn more. It says here, teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. Ooh, a righteous man means a good man, somebody who does the right thing, somebody who's holy, somebody who does what God says in his law. So instruct a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. We're going to have a little trip through Acts now. This is the Acts of the Apostles. We looked uh, earlier all over the place, but we're going to stick in Acts now. And uh, there was an apostle who turned out to be not much of an apostle. Do you remember his name? Yeah? Judas Iscariot. And Judas Iscariot did a terrible thing. He betrayed the Lord Jesus. And Jesus was let down by Judas. Oh, here's a really tricky question. How much was Judas Iscariot paid to betray Jesus? <laughs> I know what you're going to say if I ask you. <laughs> and it isn't going to be a number, is it? Uh, anybody else can tell me, how much was Judas Iscariot paid to betray Jesus? Yes? Five pounds? No. <laughs> 30 pieces of silver, 30 pieces of silver, which sounds like a lot, doesn't it? 
But actually it was the price of a slave in the Old Testament. That's how much they paid for slaves, 30 pieces of silver. So Judas Iscariot, he betrayed Jesus and he died. And so everybody thought, you know what we've got to do? We've got to find a replacement because there's got to be 12 apostles. How many tribes of Israel were there? 12. How many apostles were there? There was 12, then Judas went, so now there's only 11. So we've got to get back up to 12 again. 12's a significant number. So the Lord laid it upon their hearts. And in Acts 1 verse 26 we read, Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. So Matthias was added to the 11 apostles. That's one man. That's the smallest addition you're going to read about in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. One man was added, Matthias. Chapter 2, verse 41, along came the day of Pentecost, along came the Holy Spirit. Peter preached and see what happened. In chapter 2, verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's an incredible number. 3,000 people. 3,000 people. Can you imagine 3,000 people altogether? That's just a vast crowd you had struggled to fit in 3,000 people maybe in Broad Street, uh, in the, the marketplace there in Broad Street. There's just a huge number of people. And all of those people got saved on that one day because the Lord added to the church. All right, moving on, chapter 2, verse 47. It says there, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that means if the Lord added to their number on day, daily, those who were being saved, he added to the church on Monday. And then what did the Lord do on Tuesday? He added to the church, yeah. And so Wednesday spun around. And what happened on Wednesday? The Lord added some more to the church because he was doing it every day. Thursday came along. Can you tell me what happened on Thursday? Yeah? That's right. That's the idea the Lord is adding every single day more and more people to the church. It's an incredible thing, isn't it? So we see the Lord began with Matthias, then he moved on to 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. Then we see they're in that situation there every single day. More and more people were being added to the church. That's a tremendous thing happening there. Chapter 5, verse 14, we read there, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Chapter 5, verse 14. So it goes on and on and on. I don't know, do you remember a month ago? just about a month ago, when we had our baptism service here. Do you remember people being baptised here about a month ago? And so uh, more people joined this particular church, but that's not so important as what else they were saying. They were saying, every one of them stood up and said how the Lord had brought them into the family of God. And they joined the church that stretches all over the world. Yeah, they joined this particular church that day, but earlier they had joined the church that's as big as the world. The Lord had added to this church. And so it keeps going on. And so 15,000, is it 15,000 or 150,000? I can't remember exactly. It's definitely at least 15,000. People are born again every day around the world. Six and a half billion people. So that means there's 15,000 people born again every day around the world. The Lord is continually adding to his church. How would you like another brother or sister? <laughs> Caitlin would. <laughs> what a terrifying thought that would be. <laughs> what a horrific thought. Because there'd be another one in the family. And yet, can you imagine, the family of God is so big, it's growing by thousands every day. 
What a huge family we're a part of. What a massive, massive family. And the grace of God is so big. It's bigger than our imagination. Bigger than our understanding. And this is our God who does add. So there's various things we can't add to, but there's something that God can't be stopped adding to, and that is the church. Well, I wonder whether we all have a vision big enough for the blessing of the Lord. Uh, Are we expectant enough? Can we imagine the Lord blessing in such a big way as he already is doing? Well, may the Lord help us in these things. Well, we're going to now come to the Lord in prayer, and our brother's going to lead us in prayer. Thank you. Aha, bless. All right, now, one of the other things that we learn in maths, could I have you two up? That would be really, really handy if you two could come up. One of the other things that you learn in maths, if you stand here, is comparison. And here we have tall girl, small girl. So which one's the best at the high jump? (laughs) Ah, yes. Uh, That's very, very good. All right, well done. Thank you. So there's little and there's large. And there's young and there's old. And tell you what, if you three come up here, you come here, stand here, over here. And Tom and James, could you come up? Do you want to come up as well? Come over here. Can you two come up over here? Would you like to come up, Erin? Come up here with these. Daniel, do you want to come up? And here's a comparison. Here's a group, a small group. And here, because they're young, we call them a mob. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it'd be really horrible, aren't I? No. You're young, we call you a large group. So large group, small group. And in the large group, we've got a little one and we've got a big one. And here, look, we've got a massive, huge, great big Ryan and we've got a, not tiny, (laughs) we've got a smaller James. Okay, go back to your seats if you can find them or remember where they are. That's very good. Now, the first thing that we learn in maths is about comparisons because if we're going to add something to something else, we've got to know what that is, and we've got to know what that is. If we don't know the difference between them and how they relate to each other, we'll never know about putting them together. So uh, we're going to think about some costs in a shop. And uh, our sister May was talking about costs earlier in the, in the, um, in the, prayer, in the, in the prayer meeting. Now, you've got to help me out here. You're going to tell me what you think. You can vote with your hands, all right? I'm going to tell you two things, two things, and you tell me which you think costs the most, all right? Everyone who's under 12. On the one hand, there's an ice cream. On the other hand, there's a dinner plate. An ice cream or a plate that you'd eat your dinner off. If you think the ice cream costs the most, put your hand up. All right, if you think the dinner plate costs the most, put your hand up. Oh, there's more votes for the dinner plate, which makes me wonder just how big an ice cream you were thinking of. (laughs) Because you can get huge ice creams. All right, dinner plates normally cost more. Here's one uh, especially for 
Daniel's granddad. What costs the most? Is it a bicycle or a tractor? <laughs> now, if you think it's... <laughs> if you think it's a bicycle, put your hand up. Ooh. Have you noticed that, uh, Mr. Gallagher? <laughs> Front row. And if you think it's a tractor, put your hand up. Oh, lots more votes for the tractor. Tractor would cost more than that. Now, here's one last one. What would cost the most? A Barbie doll. Are you listening, boys? A Barbie doll or the very, very latest game for the Nintendo DS. Now, if you think... It's the Nintendo game. Put your hand up. All lots of votes for that. What about the Barbie doll? Any votes for that? Oh! <laughs> yeah, because if you go on eBay, you can see some of these are old Barbie dolls. They get a lot of money because they're really posh ones. And, uh, yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. So you can see that some things are bigger, some things cost more, some things have different numbers than others. We're going to think of three things that the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs. So we've looked at Acts, we're now going to look at Proverbs. Three things in Proverbs that we're told are worth a lot of money. Now I hope all the youngest ones are listening to this. The young ones have got to listen to this. Older ones, well I think we've found the truth of this already. But the younger ones have got to listen to this. It says in Proverbs 31 verse 10, A wife of noble character... Who can find she is worth more than rubies? Now, when I was at school, we used to go, ooh, when we were thinking of romance, and that's what that is, romance, a wife of noble character. Now, what's a wife of a character that isn't noble? That's someone, well, can we think, what do you think a wife who didn't have a noble character would be like? No? Yawning a lot? Boring. They'd be boring. They'd be a bit boring. Actually, they could be a bit exciting, but not all for the right reasons. Because they could be trouble. They could be terrible trouble for their husband. They could be out spending all the money. They could be out talking to all the other boys. They could be doing terrible, terrible things. A wife of, of a bad character. But a wife of a noble character, we said there, she's worth far more than rubies. Oh, rubies are worth a lot of money. So isn't it very, very good to have a wife of noble character? Ladies, isn't it good to be a wife of noble character? And men, if you've got one, hang on to her. <laughs> and if you haven't got one yet, you be fussy, all right? <laughs> Get a wife of noble character. She is worth far more than rubies. It's better than uh, just a, a wife that everybody else thinks is wonderful. It's a wife that you know what she's like on the inside. She's got that character on the inside. There's another thing that uh, Proverbs tells us is worth a lot. And uh, you might be surprised by this. And you'll think, well, I don't know that this, this relates to me either. Oh, I don't want a good wife. I don't want a wife at all. Think about this. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, A good name. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, there will be a very, very naughty girl. Come on, Caitlin. Come on, Caitlin. Come on, you're going to be my naughty girl for the day. 
I'm always telling her she's naughty. Yeah. Who's going to be my good boy? <laughs> James, James. James is going to be my good boy. Now, James is here and he's in class and he's a very, very good boy. And he does all the work on time, don't you, James? <laughs> nod your head, nod your head, yes. Today, you're being a good boy. And there's Caitlin and she is a naughty girl. And she always talks, just today, just today, she always talks in class. And you know what? She's a oh, really, really horrible thing that some people used to do when I was at school. They used to get a little piece of paper, <laughs> put it in their mouth, chew it, make it all soggy, get their ruler, put it on the end of the ruler and go ping across the room. Now, none of you would do that, would you? He wouldn't do that because he's a good boy. But this is a naughty girl, and naughty girls would do it. And so the time comes around, because they've both been in church on the Sunday, and the time comes around, and they think to themselves, you know what I should do? I should tell other people about the Lord Jesus. I should do. And maybe the naughty girl doesn't really want to, and the boy, good boy thinks, well, I think I will. And so they both go up to somebody, come over here, and we'll go, both go over to another James. And this other James comes along here and he's standing there. And uh, naughty girl says to James, I love Jesus. Say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And James thinks to himself, this James, not this one, confusing, isn't it? This James thinks to himself, hmm, naughty girl. Hmm, she says she loves Jesus. She's ever so naughty. Uh, does she really? Then good boy comes along and says, I love Jesus. And James thinks, oh, he says, I love Jesus. And he's a very, very good person. And he does good things. And he thinks to himself, which one loves Jesus? The good one or the naughty one? What do you think? Who do you think looks like they love Jesus, yeah? James. Yeah, well done. Very good. She's not really naughty. Not all day. And he's probably not good all day either, but in our story, in our, in our verse here, it says, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. If you are a good person, if you do good things, people are going to respect you. People are going to say, that person, they do good things. That's a good person because they do good things. When you say something, they're going to say, oh, you know, that person is a good, honest person. I think I might believe what he says because he's a good person, he's an honest person. Do you know, if you do things and people say, well, I don't know what he meant by that. Did he mean something bad? Did he mean something good? Well, he's a good person. Well, he probably meant something good. On the other hand, if you're a naughty person, you're a bad person, people are going to always question everything you ever do. Whenever you're kind to someone, they always say, well, why is he being kind? It's not like him to be kind. He's probably after something. And if we stand up and we tell people about the Lord Jesus, they're going to say, well, he doesn't really believe, because if he did, then he'd live as though he did believe. He's a naughty person, so why is he telling us all that we should be good? So having a good name, or a, yeah, a good name, is very, very important. Not to creep around people, but to be heard when we're going to talk to people about the Lord Jesus. 
And let me ask, if you tell me, if you, whoever you are, you tell me about the Lord Jesus, why should I listen to you? If you tell somebody else about the Lord Jesus, why should they listen to you? What is there about you that makes them think they really do believe? They really are living as Jesus said. It's a challenge, isn't it? That we should have a good name. Well, that's something that's very, very desirable. So uh, if you're looking for one, get a wife of noble character. Um, if you, uh, whether you were thinking about it or not, you have a name of some kind, may it be a good name. There's one other thing that the Bible in Proverbs tells us is very, very valuable. More valuable than almost anything. You'd never guess what it is. Do you want to have a guess? What else do you think is really, really, what do you think is really, really valuable that the Bible might say was very, very valuable? Can you think of anything? No. The well is dry. The, yeah? Ah. Oh. oh, look at that. Do you know it says, it says in the scripture that, uh, that uh, the wise can add to their wisdom, can add to their learning? Glenn is wise at the back there. Yeah, wisdom. Early on in Proverbs, uh, wisdom is spoken of as a woman. I think that's, do you think that's a bit sexist? What about, about the wise men out there? Is there? There were three of them. <laughs> Come on, where's the wise men? <laughs> but, uh, in Proverbs, wisdom is spoken of as a lady. It makes up for that, uh, that thing about the wife a bit earlier. But uh, wisdom as a lady. It says here, uh, she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. It's talking about wisdom. Wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. If I put wisdom into that situation, I'll get a lot out of it because ah, I've been very, very clever when I've been thinking about it. In chapter, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 15, she is more precious than rubies. Nothing you can desire can compare with her. Nothing that you can think of is going to do you as much good as wisdom will do you. And later on in chapter 8, verse 11, wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. I wonder if there's any chorus that makes, that makes you think of any chorus that we sometimes sing. Does it? What chorus is that? Jason knows. Yeah? Exactly. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold, more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing I desire compares to you. So what that chorus is doing, it's comparing wisdom with the Lord Jesus. It's associating Jesus with true wisdom. Just as at the beginning of Proverbs, wisdom is a lady. Here in the chorus, Jesus is true wisdom. And we'll do no better than having the best wisdom that we can have. And the chorus is right. Jesus is wisdom itself. We'll not learn any greater thing than that. That Jesus is the ultimate uh, of wisdom. Wisdom sometimes comes with great difficulty. Sometimes it takes a long time to learn our lessons. Seems like that at school. What's the youngest year anyone's in? Erin, what year are you in? Do you know? You in year one or two? Or? Reception. Ah, reception. So Erin's in reception. And Mark, what year are you? 
13. Erin, there's a long path that stretches, <laughs> stretches before you. Next year will be year one, and then 12 years after that, you'll be in Mark's position in year 13. So wisdom can be hard to come by. Sometimes it takes a long time to get there. Sometimes we can have spiritual wisdom in a moment. And what I want to encourage you to do is to think about receiving the wisdom of the Lord Jesus. Sometimes people struggle over receiving the Lord for years and they kind of put off and they think, oh, I don't need Jesus yet, oh, I'll get round to him. But what you need to do is to grab hold of him as soon as you can. Jesus, the perfect wisdom of God. And he'll explain life to you. He'll explain what things are all about. Because we'll get a bit confused sometimes why the things happen the way they do. And we find in the Lord Jesus, when we trust in him, we find, well, there is actually a point. I don't know always what it is, but I know and I can trust that he knows what the point is. He knows what the purpose of all things is. And great wisdom is found in trusting the Lord Jesus and giving things over to him. Jesus is worth more than all other things. He gives salvation from our sins and we could never afford to pay for them uh, ourselves. So in maths today, a maths lesson, just like you'd have in school? Maybe not. Do you have singing in your maths lessons? No. Not too much prayer either, but there is today. You can't add to God. God is infinite. He's bigger than the biggest thing. He is without end. You can't add to God. But he adds to his church. Nobody else could do that. God adds to his church. And you will never find anything greater than him. Like wisdom, he is the greatest thing that you can have. And we should be joined to him today. Well, we're going to sing our last song. And um, so you are being faithful to your church. You are adding to um, your people, to the body of Christ around the world. Father, even in this place. And we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace to us. Help us, Lord, not to fashion a God of our own imagination, Lord, but to stay with the God of the Bible, not adding or taking away from either you or your commandments. And Father, we thank you that we've found the greatest one that we could ever have. Lord, you are a faithful God and you are gracious to us. Thank you for your love and your mercy that the Lord Jesus would be our Saviour. Lord, bless us in him we pray today. In Jesus' name, Amen.